Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to Beyond Mediocrity Leader Development, also known as BMLD. I'm your man, James Prince. I am your host, and today is Saturday, December 5th, 2020. Can you believe it, you all? That is meaning less than four weeks away before we see a whole new year. And uh, I'm sure that you all probably feel the same way that I do. I've already started counting down by the week, uh, and actually, day by day, the closer we get to the end of 2020. This has been a incre- an incredible year, as you all probably feel the same way, but for many reasons, good and bad. Nonetheless, uh, if you're new to the BMLD community, the goal of this podcast has always been, and it will continue to be, motivating others to push beyond mediocrity to be exceptional. Now, in the pursuit of motivating others, I've leaned and I've learned to lean on these three specific tenets to guide every discussion that we have And today uh, we're going to talk about two of those three, but the first one is always going to be self-actualization, which is being the best version of ourselves. You all have heard that phrase before, right? Another one is uh, social activism and intentional action with the goal of bringing about social change. But the third tenet that I always try to govern any of these podcast discussions uh, is business acumen, and that is understanding and dealing with the business situation in a manner that is likely to lead to a good outcome. Now, today we're going to talk talk about, like I said, two of the three focus areas, and specifically that's going to be business acumen and self-actualization. And as I have the distinct pleasure of recommending a remarkable book, yeah, that's right, this is going to be the first time I've given a full-fledged book review, so to speak, uh, that I highly recommend. And before I give the title, let's just set the stage for a minute. And and you can bear with me as you think about the way that I want to set this up in terms of what you'll find in the content. So let me start with this. If I asked you to stop what you're doing right now, just stop what you're doing and think for two minutes about that one person that you've seen, that you've maybe met, possibly you've even known over years uh, of your life, who always seems to have that complete balance of what they call swag. Can you think of that person? Yeah, more than likely, you know her as that charismatic lady who can talk to absolutely anyone with confidence. This lady knows who she is, right? She communicates with the poise of a diplomat, but she can also keep it 100, as they say, during a Super Bowl party or a tailgate. Uh, And while she may be sporting a message T-shirt, it could be Black Lives Matter. It could be uh, the women are the new are the future. I mean, things like that I've seen on T-shirts. There's a certain classiness that this woman with that T-shirt on has that's mixed with a little bit of hip boldness in her style. You know who she is, right? Well, maybe he's that guy who enters a barbershop and everybody knows his name. You know who I'm talking about. Whoever that person is, this same dude speaks with such conviction that you're inspired to run a marathon at the end of a conversation. I mean, this guy's moved you so much because he has such a convincing way of communicating. Well, his energy is as vibrant in the corporate boardroom as it is for his daughter's soccer game. But he's also quick to share the name of that personal tailor that he uses because, man, you look at him, how he's dressed, GQ sharp, but he's also the same dude that can wear a pair of uh, joggers and a pair of $29 Adidas sneakers from Costco. Well, these types of individuals, both that man and that woman that I just described, They stand out as a result of what we call executive presence, executive presence. And let me tell you, this is a quote from the book. Before I tell you who it is and what the book title is, this is what the title, this is what the author says. No man or woman attains a top job, lends an extraordinary deal 
or develops a significant following without this heady combination of confidence, poise, and authenticity that convinces the rest of us that we're in the presence of someone who's the real deal. That's actually a quote from Sylvia Ann Hewlett, and she is the incredible author author of a book called Executive Presence, The Missing Link Between Merit and Success. And one thing I like is that, he, I mean, there's many things I like, but Hewlett offers some of the most practical yet significant advice to cracking what we call that EP code, the Executive Presence code. Code, And what she does is identify three EP pillars. And the book comp- is comprised of focusing on these three main areas, along with a few other details. But the first one is on gravitas. And if you didn't know, that means how you act. But another pillar, she says, is communication. And of course, that's how you speak. But then also appearance, how you look. Now, when you think about presence and people who have executive presence, all you probably consider is their appearance, right? But clearly what she says is that if there is a part of this combination, gravitas, communication, and appearance missing, then that executive presence is probably going to be a little less impactful uh, than it would be if you did have a good combination of the three. But anyway, uh, it's probably been one of the best books, business books I've read in a very long time. And uh, one thing I can tell you is that readers will learn to leverage vital research. That's one thing I've always loved about things that I read. If there's good research, you've got, you know, thousands of people that have been research, have been surveyed and they've answered questions. That's what I can tell you that this book includes that kind of research. Uh, she actually has a, a, a company called Center for Talent Innovation or CTI. And uh, that directly lead to, they tell you exactly what uh, leads to executive behaviors. And she points out things like this. And I'm hoping that you're taking notes because if you've been in the market of trying to find a new book that you know you really want uh, to sharpen some skills, or maybe you're at that stage right at the end of the year that you're thinking, what can I do differently to change the trajectory of my career? These are the kinds of things that she says, that Hewlett says, make a difference. Behaviors such as confidence and grace under fire. You all been in a meeting when you could tell that this one person who really could lose it based on the way that others are responding in that meeting, but they just don't. They have such a confidence and a grace under fire. Well, she talks about that in this book. Another thing she discusses is decisiveness. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, but She gives you good examples of when people have shown that they are decisive. That's what conveys executive presence. In addition to that, integrity and speaking truth to power. I know a lot of people feel very uncomfortable giving, uh, I guess, advice or coaching upward, so to speak. You've heard me mention that in past episodes. But you've got people who are very good at giving feedback to people who they report to or, quote, superiors or people in power. That's part of executive presence. Another thing she covers is superior speaking skills. Yeah, believe it or not, you can't just go in and expect that if you're in a certain environment that you can talk the same way all the time. There's a different way that you have to sometimes change. And what I really like is that this one section describes bilingual uh, capacity for people who are uh, people of color to be able to speak two different languages. Now, I'm not going to I don't want to take too much of a tangent, but some people would probably assume that that means that for black folk, that means we talk white. And I'm not going to go down that discussion. I know that that's a whole separate podcast, but our episode. But uh, that's one thing that what we talk about is having superior speaking skills means how you can change up the way you communicate when you deal with different people. 
Another thing she covers that I really, really like is uh, the ability to read a client, to read a boss, or to read a room. You ever heard of, you know, when you make a presentation that you have to know your audience? Well, that's what it means by having the ability to read a room. She talks about body language and posture. Uh, She talks about specifically about how to be polished and groomed. And she gives perspective for both male and female. And another thing she does that I think is is exceptional and especially important, especially as you all are looking to move forward into a new role is simple stylish clothes for your next job you ever heard of people telling you that you have to look the part well this is part of what she does in this book and uh, i i'm just a huge fan she i don't know this woman i've never met her Uh, it was simply a book of, of recommendation by someone at my company and i just i went and bought it and i fell in love with it because it has so many practical tips but another major highlight from this book is hewlett's candor And uh, as she addresses the struggle that we have between being authentic, but at the same time, recognizing that you have to conform in the business world, particularly for women and people of color. Now, what and you all can uh, you read the book for yourself and hopefully be able to find a little bit more detail uh, than what I'm giving now. But she refers to this one part in the book of uh, those people that I mentioned earlier having to, quote, talk white or speak a certain way. She refers to them as bleached out professionals. And uh, these are leaders who are described as uh, being anything other than white, male and straight. And uh, the fact is that they're often they, these people are often forced to suppress the true value that they uniquely bring to organizations simply by having a seat at the table. The fact that they can be in a meeting is it, and it's not because of them being white or male or straight or all of the above and still able to have a seat that in itself is a very different uh, it's a challenge for a lot of people and i've been in those those rooms where i'm one of very few black people uh and and among a lot of people who have a lot of authority and you feel a compelling need to uh i guess bleach yourself and as one of the, the people that she quotes in here uh, has to uh, identify with a different language, she sp- he has to speak a different language. But that's part of what I love is that she deals with how can people come to work and be authentic, but at the same time, recognize the culture that they're a part of requires them to conform to things that they're not necessarily accustomed to. So when companies, and this is what I love about what she says, uh, when companies and leaders know how to harness and leverage gender, generation, ethnicity, race, culture, and nationality as a significant impact to the bottom line, that's considered to be diversity dividend. And and the point that I guess I want to make is that when you've got people who work for a company and there is a requirement to conform and not allow individuals to be authentic in who they are, you will receive less of a dividend. Your business will have less profit. Companies who take uh, and embrace the notion that there are different points of view, there are different people from different countries, sometimes even from the same country, but from different parts of a country, uh, and that they don't embrace who that individual is, there is a possibility that you're going to lose money. And here's where I'll take a quick little tangent and say this. The fact that uh, in one of my favorite movies, I've watched at least 15, 20 times already, Black Panther. I've always known and loved 
the characters they have in, in the Marvel comics. But the fact that you had a movie, a, a huge blockbuster movie be made and it be a majority black cast. Here's the one thing I can tell you that a lot of people didn't expect that it can make any money. But guess what happened? We all know the story. Black Panther blew a lot of people away with the box office uh, records that they set before Avengers came on the scene. And nobody thought it could be done, but they made billions of dollars when you think about global impact. But it was a market that no one ever thought could really make any money. But look what happens when you allow people to be authentic, to be who they are and not conform to the typical way or the the stereotypical way that you would expect a movie can make lots of money. They actually this guy, uh, Ryan Coogler, I think his name is he he stuck to his roots. He's a young man from from uh, Oakland, but he focused on an African culture and he took. Uh, the budget that a huge studio like Marvel Studios uh, provided and told a true, authentic story about Wakanda. Now, granted, <laughs> I mean, Wakanda is, is a fictitious uh, country, but it speaks to the experience of black people. And look what happened. He made a movie that had never been made before. And it and it absolutely sh- uh, it shattered records uh, just in terms of box office sales. So that's one of the things that I consider to be a good example of diversity dividend. When people recognize that allowing people to be authentic, when companies recognize rather that allowing authentic people to, to give who they are and truly bring them their whole selves to work. There is going to be a payoff on the bottom line. People feel good about working for a company that embraces them. And uh, that includes when you use executive presence, making sure that you know who you are and not conforming against some of your own morals or being something that you know you you can't be. Uh, I can't take time to tell you one of some of the advice that she gives, but there's so many different nuggets that you'll find in this book. And ultimately, what I liked most about this read is, is that it had a seasoned executive share firsthand experience alongside some data-driven research to help push all of us beyond mediocrity to be exceptional. And, uh, I mean, that's all I can tell you about the book. Yo, I feel that it is probably one of the best reads I've said already uh, in the last several years. And I highly recommend that you add this book to your list of must-reads. With 2021 about to begin, now is a perfect time to build your executive presence. So uh, that's pretty much all that I wanted to share with this uh, I, it's this episode. Uh, it's a brief uh, book review, and it's because I feel like it's a really good time to help people set expectation for what's coming. So uh, anyway, before I close us out with a few announcements, let me just do a quick prayer. Lord, thank you for this time that you have given us to discuss ways that we can better ourselves, that we can self-actualize and be better individuals, better versions of ourselves. We ask, Lord, that you will, for every listener, help them to understand what changes may be necessary in their lives uh, as it relates to how they act, as it relates to how they speak, and possibly to how they look. We ask, Lord, that you will give them guidance and wisdom, even through this book, Executive Presence, and give them assurance that they can depend on you, God, to open up new doors in this upcoming year, and that 2021 will probably be something that they would have never expected, all because of them making active changes to be beyond, to go beyond mediocrity and be exceptional. So we thank you, God, for all things, and uh, we bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, y'all, I know that uh, this one was probably a little unprecedented. I don't think I've ever done a book review before, but I'm really excited because uh, I know I've got a lot of good things coming 
down the road, uh, which I'll share in just a second. But before I give you that those announcements for next year, I wanted to remind you all, and this is something that I brought up a few episodes ago, uh, there's something called a standout self-assessment. And uh, I think I've told you that it's basically about, uh, I think it's about 30-something questions. It takes you about 10 minutes to, to, uh, to go through a series of different ways that you will respond to a scenario. Uh, but it gives you a great tool to think about how you show up to others. So the good news is, I mentioned this several weeks ago, that it was supposed to expire October 31st. But the Marcus Buckingham Company has extended their gift of standout until further notice. That means that you and possibly everybody that you know have the chance to learn what your greatest strengths are for free, for free. You don't have to pay a dime, y'all. So do yourself a favor and Google gift of standout. Take that self-assessment. And I'm telling you, it will absolutely change how you behave. Well, and it may actually just reaffirm some of the things that you probably already know you do. But uh, it does go through the process of just giving you a sense of how others see you, how you show up to others through your attitudes and your behaviors. And one thing I can tell you is that I retook the survey and I realized that my two primary strengths, they shifted from being a teacher equalizer to being an advisor pioneer, which says in, in a nutshell that I am a practical explorer, explorer and that I love to seek uh, expertise and, uh, and abilities to visualize unique solutions uh, and all of that uh, to allow me to bring a common sense approach to big ideas. What it told me as an advisor pioneer is that I am always thinking about how to move forward. And I'm going to tell you, it nailed it. It nailed it, y'all. So it takes, again, approximately 10 to 15 minutes to answer a series of about 30 questions. And uh, at the end of the the process, you get a 14-page report, which will likely uh, affirm a lot of what you already know already. So uh, I can tell you that the only other self-assessment that was close to really telling me exactly who I was was my Enneagram. Uh, And that includes Myers-Briggs and uh, Strength Finders. This standout self-assessment is going to be absolutely worth your time. So uh, once again, Google Gift of Standout. It's offered by the Marcus Buckingham Company. You won't regret it. Now, that being said, this is our last episode, y'all, and uh, for the year, for season number three. And I'm really excited to share that with season number four starting in January. I've got some really incredible guests already committed, already lined up to join me, including a good friend of mine, Lisa Abraham Browns. He's a chief administrative officer over at Primerica. I've got the incomparable Charmaine Ward-Milner. She's a representative, uh, one of the senior directors for Georgia Southern Company. Uh, she's agreed to join me. Believe it or not, y'all, I've got a bishop, Bishop Dale Bronner. He committed. And yes, I'm so excited that the leader of Word of Faith Cathedral here in Atlanta has agreed to, to join me as a guest uh, just to share his experience. And so uh, I'm really excited about him. I've got another individual by the name of Dr. Gene Axius. He's our senior VP for thought leadership at AARP. And uh, another name, Wendy Lewis. I've mentioned her before. She's a retired chief diversity officer of uh, both McDonald's and Major League Baseball. So that tells you right there, y'all, we got a really, really good lineup coming in 2021. And there's more more people that I actually still have in the work. So I'm excited about what is down the road. But my best news before I end this podcast episode is 
the launch of the BMLD website. That's right, January 4th, 2021, beyondmediocrityleaderdevelopment.com will be live and direct. And I can't wait, y'all. I'm excited. So uh, just keep your eyes on LinkedIn. Follow me if you can on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter for more details. But most importantly, keep me in your prayers, y'all. You know, I, I have made it a, a purpose and a, and God has put that purpose in me, actually. So I can't say I made it. But God placed in me a desire to push myself beyond mediocrity, to be exceptional. And I feel that the call that he's given me and placed on my life is to do the same for anybody that I know. And this podcast is one of those ways that will allow it. But that uh, website is going to give me even more access to share what God wants to do in your life. So as you all pray for me, trust that I will continue to pray for you. And uh, especially with these last few weeks uh, in the new year, you all stay encouraged. Remember that God loves you. And, uh, and of course, I say every time that you know you are exceptional, right? Well, if you didn't, let me tell you, you are. You are exceptional. So guess what, y'all? Just be exceptional. God loves you. I love you, too. Take care. God bless. And we'll talk again real soon, okay?